this is Nikki and Jasmine. And this is Ronal Akbari. Welcome to Just Form Spaces, a micropod about creativity, life, and culture. The intention of this podcast is to have necessary conversations about things that we think just aren't being talked about enough. Yeah. Hi, Rona. Hi, Nikine. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? My cousin Marina and I decided to spontaneously make a trip to Big Sur. Um, we're staying in Monterey currently. I went to the coast this morning and saw the sunrise. And um, yeah, I was a really good morning. So I'm feeling like I'm in a good mental space right now. That sounds beautiful. I like the pictures that you sent me. It looked so calm. Yeah, I sent Rowan some photos this morning. Enjoy it, Khali. Wish you were here. <laughs> Postcard snapshots. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Postcard snapshots. <laughs> True. True. Honestly. Episode title. <laughs> Oh, wow. Listen. This is episode four. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. We did That's four crazy. of these. Yeah, this episode is about being a multifaceted woman slash human. Yes. And it's something that is on my mind literally all the time. <laughs> and... Um, I'm very excited to discuss this topic with you. We kind of had um, a conversation about it, and there was a lot of good stuff there. So, really, really stoked to get into it today. Yeah, let's get started. So, on my stories, I asked a question on what topics uh, folks would like to hear us discuss in future episodes of Just Warm Spaces. And one of my dear friends, Kimio Jun, responded with, on yearning for pursuing multiple parallel lives and futures. This topic really resonates with me and I feel like there is so much to be said here because there are so many different conversations had about people who want to do multiple things. And there's a lot of different judgments on it and opinions on it and so I thought together we could really discuss them and see how they've affected even our mental space. Totally. Yeah. So what is your relationship to being multifaceted? You know, you, Rona, are someone who who does a lot of different things. Um, you write, you do stand-up, you do film, you do photography, you write, and uh, you record podcasts. <laughs> you do a lot of things. Um, so how how has it been balancing all of these different things in your life? And, and you know, what does it mean for you to be so multifaceted? Um, 
Well, I feel like I'm surrounded by people who are multifaceted, like you, <laughs> and it feels to me just like the natural thing to do. Um, I never really, like, my purest self never questions it. It just follows these instincts and these inklings I have and these curiosities I have. And so I feel like... I don't really know exactly what it means. I think I'm just trying to express myself in the way that feels natural to me when I do pick up, you know, all of these different things. And I think that, you know, no one, sh no one artist really only works in one medium. Um, you know, the greatest filmmakers also pursue writing and they also pursue poetry and they also pursue photography. And it all shows in their work, um, whether it's reading their screenplays and you see how it's written like prose or you look at a shot that they composed and you can see clear, you know, lineage from a certain style of photography so it feels just natural to me and it feels like what's right um it i don't think there's like a way i balance it um i just kind of feel as i go um yeah currently at least i mean how do you feel about it because you are also the same way i mean you put it so perfectly like that's the thing each medium informs the other and I feel like ultimately we become greater artists by, by not denying ourselves from, from our instincts and from doing what feels right and, and what we're interested in and what we're curious about. Um, I think that there are artists who just focus on one medium and who put their all into that into that platform or that medium or whatever it is that feeds their soul they they put their all into it and i think that's respectable and um great but then i also feel this sort of judgment from those very artists and um i think that even this question that kimia presented to us is is stemmed from this kind of shame we feel from wanting to do so many things and um, wanting to kind of live so many parallel lives. It's just, it's simply like our desire and, and the fact that we are able to do it and we're capable of doing it, I think is something that should be celebrated. And I just don't feel like it is enough, you know? Um, for me personally, I, I think that so much of what I'm doing is making me a better artist in general. And for example, I love to embroider. Like I picked up embroidery when I was 17, but I've also been a photographer for so much of my life and also a filmmaker. And I think that when I started to have less of a tangible connection to my photography, 
like when it all became more digital and when I was scanning all of my film, I stopped having this physical connection with it. You know what I mean? Um, mm. But I feel like I transferred that yearning through embroidery and and I got to have this physical connection with embroidery. You know, it's it's so hands-on and so being able to fulfill that passion through another medium, I think it just makes me better and makes me happier doing what I love, you know? Like you have to find ways to to compensate, I guess, for things that are missing. And so I think I totally. just, I'm following that practice. That's so smart. I like the way that you approach that as like a sensory thing because I don't I feel like everything's so digital now that we kind of forget that there are other ways to engage with your art um, or express yourself I feel like we live in a very visually dominant culture where the visual arts are very important and we forget about these other senses that we have whether it's like like you said, like tactical, like with your hands or even auditory. Um, yeah. And yeah, of course, like, of course, it's like the human thing to like want to engage in all of your senses. So um, yeah, that's that's like a really interesting and smart framework. If we don't allow ourselves to really touch what we want to touch and what makes us feel alive in a sense then we're kind of betraying some parts of ourselves um mm. and earlier when i was talking about judgment i feel like i personally feel as a woman mostly comes from men and it's this type of weird sentiment that they carry and it's usually consists of them being like well focus on one thing with all of your might like don't have a plan b because having a plan b makes you weak or it makes you not as good as a photographer or a filmmaker i mean i remember i had a friend who once i was working on creating my website and I was like, all right, so I'm going to have my photography, I'm going to have my films, I'm going to have my embroidery, and then like a contact section. And he was like, what? You know, people are going to go on your website and they're going to be like, is this girl a photographer? Is she a filmmaker? Is she embroidery? Like people are not going to know what you are. Therefore, no one's going to hire you. And <laughs> I remember just thinking that that was such a ridiculous approach to what I was doing because I I didn't feel that way at all you know and um, I, I, I still presented all of the work that I do because all of it means a lot to me and and I put a lot of effort and energy into it and just because I do more than one thing I don't think that makes me any less good at a specific medium if anything, it makes you better. Do you have any experience with with men being kind of... <laughs> <laughs> Awful? Yeah. Awful, though? <laughs> the thing is, like, it, it's like, 
no matter the person's gender and yes usually it's like a cis heterosexual man who has a lot to say it i feel like and maybe this isn't something i understood at the beginning so like definitely something like that is something i've learned is um if other people don't like what you're doing or you know think what you're doing is weird it has nothing to do with you so it has nothing to do with like what my art is and like its value um and it has everything to do with their own shame and their own fear that they're projecting onto me or you um so if someone says you know that's so weird like why is she taking photos of her arm hair like what is she trying to prove that's so strange like why is she being overly like sexual and showing her body it's like no um it has nothing to do with like the quality of my art um and in fact like i know the quality and the value because i see other women relating to it or other people with body hair relating to it um and like that's what matters to me that's the people i want to speak with so I don't care if, like, this brown guy from my hometown hates what I'm doing um, and thinks it's confusing because, to me, that indicates that they have some weird stuff that they need to work through about how they feel about women's bodies or how they feel about their own bodies. Maybe they don't like that they have arm hair or whatever. Um, but that has nothing to do with me. And, you know, like, if I choose to do multiple things at once and I don't I don't even know what to call myself sometimes. Um, that's fine with me. Um, maybe it won't make sense to them. Maybe it won't make sense to this, like, capitalist framework we work in where, like, everything has to be an LLC. Everything has to be a business. Everything has to have a name and a title. A um, exactly. So it's it really, it really has nothing to do with me. And... It's so easy for me to say that, but of course, like, in the moment, I'm, like, always having an, an existential crisis about, like, well, what am I doing? Um, but it's, it's like, you just have to get back to that core self of, like, my, my artist is a child, um, it's my inner child, and the inner child doesn't know any of these things, and all it recognizes is, like, what feels good, what looks good, what makes the inner child happy. So there's a tarot reader um, named Jessica Dore um, that I follow on Instagram and Twitter. She's a wonderful follow. Um, and she posted this quote from Martha Graham, who is an American modern dancer and choreographer. And um, the quote reads... There is a vitality, a life force, an energy, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all of time, this expression is unique. And if you block it, it will never exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep 
the channel open. Word, Martha. It is not our business to determine how good it is or how valuable, nor how it compares with other expressions. Like, that is not our business, you know? And it is nobody's business to to police our actions and how we decide to express ourselves. Um, and especially with, with um, women artists, I, just people are so harsh with with them and for people who identify as women artists I feel like there's just this this like really intense eye just on us at all times and hatred and <laughs> hatred I mean and judgment and just cruelty and I think that actually that it it comes from a place of insecurity and it comes from a place of them wishing that they could also channel their creative instincts and desires. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like that's where it comes from. Um, I'm just tired of the judgment that comes from it and from people being like, well, what are you? You know, it's like, why do we have to have a label? It, and it's And it's purely for their own comfort, you know, like, for to make someone else comfortable we have to put ourselves in this box and like make ourselves smaller and be like see this is how you label me you know but the the fact is that there is no one label we do very different things and we love to express ourselves in multiple mediums and if you know someone has the courage to do it and to to put their work out there which is actually the scariest thing in the world <laughs> like putting your work out there and being perceived and being like okay well there's a bunch of people right now either thinking that this sucks or it's decent you know what I mean but it's not even about that it's about just putting it out there because it's like honoring yourself it's mm -hmm. our duty to create the work that we wish existed in this world. And if we don't do it, then like, who is? We, you know, and that's, that's kind of like, it comes from a place of survival in doing these, these different acts of, of artistic expression because it literally like keeps us alive. <laughs> and and it's and if someone can't understand that then a it's not for them and b like maybe it's time to take a step back and understand how this process is working um yeah i think um i might just be going on a rant right now but i'm i'm just tired of of um mostly men being really judgmental about women who want to do more than one thing and about the like little comments. I don't know, we just, we already have so much doubt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like pursuing art as a career, it's really, really hard. And I have so much doubt already. And if I'm in the presence of someone who, who like triggers that doubt and brings it out, there's like no way for me to contain it. You know what I mean? 
because I have to、mm. repress the doubt on a daily basis in order to continue making art.、Mm. And I just want to be surrounded by people who will make me want to flourish and who will not be judgmental about how I choose to express myself and what I want to put my energy into. And I just don't want to be in the presence of people who just make me doubt myself even more. Because, like I said, if, if it's out,、um, it takes a really long time to kind of reel it back in.、Um, and it takes the support of really amazing friends and a really great community who is really reassuring and kind. And、mm-hmm. to have people in your life who believe in you, I think, is probably the biggest blessing. And,、um, Mm. Gotta lean on those the、people. biggest blessing, and also just necessary, if, especially if you're an artist, you need to have a solid core friend group、right. that will, you know, kill those betraying thoughts in your head. Right. I want to bring up、um, an idea I recently read Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way,、um, and she brings up this concept of. The wet blanket friends,、um, who she describes as suppressed creatives. So they're usually people who wish that they were creative or want to have been an artist, but their own self criticism stops them.、Mm-hmm. And they'll usually hang out with people who are creative or who are, you know, regularly expressing themselves,、um, but they won't actually do, them, do it themselves. The wet blankets. Julia Cameron describes reminds me of these guys that you're describing because, you know, it, they always frame their advice as like, I'm just trying to help you out. I'm just trying to save you from, you know, the other people who are gonna <laughs>、yeah. come for you. And like, I'm just trying to put you in a better place so you're set up for success.、Mm-hmm. Um, and all of this is actually not helpful. Like, they're just. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just speaking from cynicism and fear. And from doing that, they heighten our own inner critic. And it's not helpful to anyone.、Um, so I feel like it's very important to, when you're in the moment, especially if you don't identify as a cis man. Um, and someone's coming to you with that kind of energy is to be like, okay, this person is being a wet blanket right now, and I need to distance myself.、Um, block it out. Or, you know, block it out, distance yourself, cut them off, whatever you need to do to preserve your artist and yourself and your survival.、Mm-hmm. You literally need to do that, or you, your soul will die. Not to be dramatic, but. But your soul I've been there. <laughs> and your soul literally will、yeah. just fall on the floor and give up because that's, that's just what will happen. And, you know, this cynicism is usually masked in realism. You know, oh, I'm just being a realist. I'm here to just bring you down. And it's, it's like, I already know these things. I have these doubts, you know? So if I'm up in the clouds, And that's what you keep saying. You know, you're in the clouds, and then I, then I expect you to be up there with me, you know? Wow. Be in、yes. the clouds with me. Like, how are we gonna 
keep climbing this ladder while lifting each other up, you know? But instead, this whole, oh, bringing you down from the clouds, I don't know, I just feel like that's such an aggressive kind of saying now that I'm thinking about mm. it. Like, let people be in the mm. clouds. No one ever changed the world by being like, you know what's good is, like, sticking to reality and being okay with the current conditions. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of abolitionist framework of, you know, to be an abolitionist, you need to have a sense of imagination because you're dreaming up a new world. The world that you want doesn't exist, but it is possible, and in a lot of cases, it's very much on the way. Um, So in order to do the work and change the world, you need to be up in the clouds because what are you going to get done otherwise? Um, And also just life is so short and it's too short not to do things that feel right and to explore different mediums that that you just want to explore and it doesn't have to be good. Like let's detach our ego from it, you know? It's It's never about it being good or perfect because who are we to really judge if something is good or not, you know? But what matters is it's 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 coming out of your body and you're you're healing through it and you're molding something that that is your insides kind of and that needs to be released into the world. And, you know, you have to honor that. And I hope that we we cut out the wet blankets in our lives and that we focus on what it is that really truly makes us feel alive and and i think that doing so is also honoring allah yeah <laughs> i think that it's it's definitely like our work is an extension of god and because I, because we are channeling something so much higher than ourselves, right? Like, I feel like God lives inside all of us. And when we are able to really do the thing that feels right, we are honoring our higher selves and we are honoring God. And mm. I, I really do perceive it like that. And I think that the more we don't listen to that, that desire the more we are kind of betraying ourselves totally um what you just said about honoring god reminds me of this essay um called islam and the cultural imperative by um dr omar farouk abdullah Mm -hmm. um and he basically says that you know throughout time islam has always been in harmony with culture and you know the different forms of art um as like a sacred expression of the universe um and yeah i i just i just there's this quote i want to read um which reads in history islam showed itself to be culturally friendly and in that regard has been likened to a crystal clear river its waters islam are pure sweet and life-giving but have no color of their own reflect the bedrock indigenous culture over which they flow so you know in china islam looked chinese in mali it looked african all these different you know cultures and 
places that we live in, Islam is like water. It, you know, it molds and shapes in the ways that we deem it best expressed. Um, and that's what makes the religion beautiful and it, it's what makes the religion functional. Yes, yeah. that is so beautiful. And, you know, so much of this actually comes from Sufism. And also, I think that really relates back to what we're talking about, too. And honestly, I became so close to Islam once I realized how much it values art and how much different cultures have been able to create such beautiful works of art. I, I mean, think about our textiles and mm -hmm. our mosques and our masjids and the, the, our calligraphy. Oh, it's crazy. I, it's so beautiful. And, and it's... And how, how are we going to deny that? <laughs> I don't know. Like, even the phrase, like, we, we, what you're saying, like, you they, you have to be up in the clouds. Like, there's something so heavenly about that imagery of, like, I'm up in the clouds. And, mm -hmm. like, that's how I feel sometimes looking at these, this at Islamic art is, like, it's so heavenly. And there's no way that someone was, like, sticking to what the status quo was when they were creating these beautiful images and these beautiful pieces of work um my head's in the clouds because it makes me feel close to god <laughs> wow wow yes <laughs> mic drop <laughs> mic drop period that, that is why my head is up in the clouds. So if you're going to come into into my little bubble <laughs> and you're going to be like, "Hey, just so you know, you're probably not going to you're probably not going to make it." You're you you know, like what are you even doing with your time? Why don't you just go to law school, Nagin? You know, it's it's these voices that have been drilled into my head from such a young age, from the moment that I entered high school, you know, my dad was always like, all right, go get straight A's so you can become a doctor or or what my mom wants me to be or what um, my friends or family or different relationships that I've had. It's it's always just like, um, I don't know, there's just so much pressure in, in doing art and yet that's how everyone has been able to survive quarantine is through art and through books and through movies and tv shows and yet they don't want to celebrate the actual artists that are doing it they want to bring them down it just doesn't make sense to me so i hope mm -hmm. that our community can do a better job at supporting the arts and the people who are expressing themselves artistically and that we can just um have a less cynic heart, I think. Absolutely. So yeah, I think that to anyone out there who is pursuing more than one thing right now, um, you're doing it for yourself and for your higher self and for the generations that came before you who have given you the opportunities to do it now and for your ancestors and who have paved the way for us to be where we are 
and we are here now and in this moment we want to do 10 or 20 or 100 different things and it is okay to do so and it doesn't make you not good you are good and you are great so i hope you keep honoring yourself beautifully said thanks rona john (laughs) (laughs) so at the end of each episode we like to both give um an individual song that we have been listening to this week um and Nagin and I didn't realize this until we started recording, but we both picked the same song. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. <laughs> um, the song is Dilbar by Haydar Salim. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I was listening to Dilbaran. So we will have two different songs. Oh, wait. Mine is Dilbar and Dilbaran. There's two songs. You sent Dilbar to the group chat yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, that's your song. That's my song. <laughs> oh, Dilbar. Yeah. Is that the song? Um, That's the song that I'm talking about. John Dilbar. Yeah, that's the song. Oh, okay, so it is the same song. Yeah, but then I'm talking about... Oh, no, that's not the song I'm talking about. Well, it's actually a, a Mazoyer song. Um, oh. But then Haidar Salim John is covering it. I mean, it's kind of confusing with Ahmad Zayer songs because a lot of his songs are also not originally his, but right, they're Ghazals. Right, but as far as I know, it's a this is an Ahmad Zayer song that Haidar Salim singing. I've really been missing Afghan music, and to be honest, even Afghan weddings. <laughs> Um, and I just... Cannot relate. <laughs> I, okay, listen, I miss yeah. dancing so much. Oh my god, yeah. On the, like, with Afghan music and with, like, my family around, um, I've been dancing, like, all the time with my roommates or my cousins, but it's different when you're in a beautiful dress and you're dancing and, um, in the center and it's, I don't know, I just miss that. Um, I miss the live music and it just being like mm. horrible to my eardrums. Yeah, being so <laughs> like assaulting loud. my ears. Loud. I can't believe that um, I used to like I was able to fall asleep at Afghan weddings. You know how they my our parents would bring chairs together so that it would be yeah like, and put the napkins one over. Bed. Yeah, and then I was small enough to fit. I don't know how I fell asleep. Mm. The song that I've been listening to is Dilbar by Hader Salim and so good. It's just a it's a beautiful song. Um my family really loves that song. We will like play it just randomly throughout the day like and just like dance in the living room to it. <laughs> um, it's a it's a very sweet song that reminds me of my family, so. Aww. Yeah. Yeah, you sent it to the group chat yesterday and then I listened to it on my drive to Monterey. So thank you. I think mm-hmm. you are a big reason why I'm in a Haider Salim mood too. Yes. Rona's a huge fan. Like a huge Haider Salim fan. I am. <laughs> I follow him on Instagram, like yeah. all of his photos. She always sends his pictures. She's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Do I know <Okay>. that? <laughs> 
Dornazar. Oh, man. Protect him at all costs. So fun. Well, go listen to Haida Salim, everybody. His albums are on Spotify. <laughs> oh, I think he has like a live concert that you can watch on Amazon Prime as well. There we go. <laughs> that just came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Joshua Hill from The Hill in Mind for the beautiful music played throughout the podcast. And thank you, Zyla Siyah, for our cover art. Uh, I hope you have a really beautiful, gentle day and that this month brings you lots of light and warmth. Bachair. Bachair, inshallah. And to anyone who feels self-conscious for where they are in their art or feels like they're not doing enough or feels like they're doing too much, you're on the right track. Quiet that inner critic and just just be yeah just do your thing do your thing and hit us up at spaceforusjournal at gmail.com for if you would like to send in topics or if you just like to say hi like just send an email that says hi that would make me really happy <laughs> i hope at least one person <laughs> does that <laughs> all right goodbye till next time goodbye <laughs> we have to make you less awkward somehow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, I really have. I really have to use the bathroom. I'm sorry. Bet I have to stop adieu. recording. Okay, sorry. All right, bye. <laughs> okay, bye.